Well, good morning. My name is Greg Vicar. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am preaching a message today called, Am I Teachable? So that's a question I ask myself, but it's a question I want you to ask yourself as well. Are we teachable? How many of you get the Shiloh News on a Friday? It's an email that comes. They send it out every Friday. If you don't get the Shiloh News and you want to get it, and I'd encourage you to get it, you can go to shilohcommunity.church to our homepage, scroll all the way to the bottom, and it says subscribe me to the weekly emailers. Subscribe to Shiloh Emails. I only send them out once a week. You're not going to get deluged. But last Friday, I asked you, how will you end 2023 and how will you start 2024? And you know, some of us, as I was talking to people earlier, you know, your 2023 was a good year. Some of you said, you know what, I hope I don't have to repeat a year like 2023. I don't, this was a tough year. I don't want to repeat it. But isn't life full of mountaintops and full of valleys? Like that's just the way life is. So I want to invite a couple up this morning to start off the service, Nikki and Nicole, I mean, um, Nicole and Brian. It's not Nikki and Nicole, that's the same person. Um, (laughs) Nicole and Brian, they've had a life that's been full of some valleys and full of some mountaintops, and I'd just like them to share a little bit about that. Here you go. Pastor Greg still doesn't know what to call me because some people call me Nikki and some people call me Nicole. Um, This is my husband, Brian. We were asked to share our story on how we are now fostering to adopt two little girls. We currently have Mariah, who is three, and Lorelai, who is one. We actually have known our three-year-old Mariah since she was born. Um, My friend Jen, she is from the North Shore of Massachusetts, where we hail from, so there will be no no R's in this conversation. But we've known her for 10 years, and back in, back in May of 2022, Mariah was then two years old, she went into care of MassDCF. And my friend at the time knew that she couldn't do permanency, but she could do temporary. And I still lived in the North Shore, I was traveling back and forth for my job, so I was visiting Mariah, who was in the hospital at the time, and I said, oh, well, Brian and me will probably do it, let me talk to Brian. Without hesitation, Brian said yes. Keep in mind, Brian has a very big heart. He will do a lot of things. It's mostly my heart that is the concerned (laughs) one. And so when a child that we knew needed help, I knew Brian's answer would be yes. She came, Mariah came into care when her mother was giving birth to her now Lorelai, her sister Lorelai. And so Lorelai at the time was going to be adopted. So Mariah was the urgent need. She needed a home. Lorelai had a home. So we raised our hand. We said, we'll do this. This is great. Sign us up. And I, we called like MassDCF, and they said, actually, no. Hard pass. Mariah has too many medical needs. She can't travel from New Hampshire to Massachusetts. But we be, Brian said, he's like, well, I'm going to challenge us to do the right thing. And let's continue the process, and let's not give up on our girl. So I said, sure. Okay. Um... Not, I wasn't sure what that looked like, but after some research, I found out how to sign up. We, in order to adopt or foster a child from Massachusetts, you had to go through a process called the ICPC process. So we had to be approved by two states in order to get this lovely special child. And so we started the New Hampshire process. Me? All right. Uh, so I'm going to jump into 
the first time God spoke to me about Mariah. Um, we go on a friend vacation every year down the Cape. Um, and this was July 2023, which was two months later after being told no. Um, at that time, our friends were fostering Mariah. And uh, while we were down there, uh, she just, she became just attached to my hip. Like, it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was really good. Uh, and that was a big deal at the time because the only person she really trusted was uh, Gigi, um, who was her grandmother, which is who was fostering her, but very big part of this. Um, so it was, it was kind of at that moment where I just, I knew, I knew that um, God had told me, it wasn't that I knew, it was that God had told me um, that Mariah will be our daughter one day. Um, and I had all sorts of favors. I mean, Nicole went through so much when it came to DCF and DCYF and uh, being told no and being told you need to fill out this paperwork and Nicole telling them I gave it to you two weeks ago. And um, it was just a huge process. So I had all sorts of favors I could have called in um, just to move the process along. Um, but I felt, I asked God, I'm like, listen, do you want me to you know, do, the, do this and this, and, uh, yeah, bless you, and um, God told me to be still, right, and that's a huge thing in the Bible, be still, be still, and uh, I still thought, I can fix it with one phone call, just let me make one phone call, and it was at that time that God, like he does, takes it up another level, right, and just, just gives you that gut, gut punch of, you know, I got it. And he reminded me of December 19th, 2014, um, when our son Liam was born. And it was, we took all these classes. We took, what is it, Lamont's class or whatever it is. We took birthing classes, right? So, oh, it's going to be the perfect birth. And, you know, he's going to come out and go on bare chest and bare skin. Like, that's, I don't know, it's supposed to be great. So, uh, so it, it didn't work like that. So it, it worked, but we, there, there's not a class for what happened. So she had an emergency C-section. Uh, I knew I was going to mess that up. Uh, and our son Liam was born not crying and, more importantly, not breathing. Uh, he wasn't alive. Um, so I looked over my shoulder, and I remember it. I remember it clear as day. And I look over, and... Um, there was an incubator, but they had the incubator up, and they're literally working on them, you know? And uh, God gave me a calm that I can't explain. You know, when Chris is up here singing with the worship team, and we're all there, and we're singing, and I feel very calm, right? I feel very calm. I feel very um, here, present, you know? Like nothing, nothing can hurt me here. Uh, and God gave me that con. And I'm looking at my dead son trying to be revived. Um, so I turned to Nicole and I said, all we can do is pray. And God will take, take care of the rest. And um, we did that. We prayed like what seemed like forever. And uh, we heard, we got a pulse. 
So uh, I'm telling you that to explain that grace isn't the only gift we are given. We are given so much more. Um, and now it says Pastor Nicole. So. Side note, during that time, we were like super new Christians. Yep. And new in our church at the North Shore. And they were like panicked for us. They were like, these people are going to falter. And it did the opposite. But back to Mariah and Lorelai, months pass, and I remember talking to my friends saying, you know what, this doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but clearly we have a heart for fostering, so I'll swing open every door, let's see what God's going to do. We'll, we'll swing open the New Hampshire door, we'll keep open the mass door, I'll keep aggravating them and sending my emails, and let's see what happens. The past year, <laughs> the past year was very challenging. Trying to get approved for fostering is extremely invasive. It, it tackles your own personal life and as well as your own life as a parent. And so it made me constantly question myself, which is my own baggage. And so I invited all the godly women I knew in my life to journey with this with, this, with me, to go on the journey with me and to pray alongside me and be present with me because I needed it. I, like, desperately needed it. And I'm so grateful I did that. We got approved for New Hampshire, and I thought we would have a child in our home within the first week. We did not. We got three phone calls, and they all worked themselves out. We would say yes, and they'd call us back and be like, oh, they went to a bio family member. We're like, okay. So fast forward, and now this is June of 2023. This is a year and two months later. And I got a call in the middle of making dinner asking if we would take Lorelai. At the time, I was really petitioning hard for Mariah. And they were like, well, Lorelai went. She didn't get adopted. Um, long story there, but they were like, she went with the biological aunt who can no longer care for her. Would you be willing? I said, let me check with my spouse, but I'm sure it's a yes. It was a yes. And then I lost my mind because then I was going to have a one-year-old in my house because they said, okay, you'll have her next week. And so I said, cool, okay. I was like, that's great. During that short week, God did a lot of cool things. There was a moment where I looked at Brian, and we had a toddler crib. Like, our house was prepped for a three-year-old. I was like, where is she going to sleep? My friend Krista, she had a crib that she randomly posted on Facebook. I asked her if I could have it, and she said, not only do I have that, I have a ton of other things. And single-handedly, I got all these things. It was a really cool moment where God provided in a time that I was like, what are we going to do? I, um, the day before Lorelai was to come to our home, I got a call from DCF saying she wouldn't be because we owned a pit bull. And they missed that in all of the emails and all of the things that I've written them. They just said, nope, she's going to go to another temporary home. To say I was devastated was is not even the right word. I had to grieve this little girl that I never even met. And... But my faith wavered so hard. I was so sad. Brian, thankfully, his faith never wavered. Um, and his belief that we could get the girls never wavered. I pretty much threw my hands in the air. It was during that time that I was so grateful I included other godly people in my life because they stood in the gap for me and for us. They believed when I had no more left. They had faith when I lacked. I remember women just claiming it for me. Billy, Amanda, Krista, Stacy, they would say, nope, these are your girls, they're going to be your girls, 
And I remember thinking they were bat poop crazy. I was like, guys, I've tried everything. They were like, no, they, these will be your girls, both of them. I, I said, okay. And I just thought they were nuts. But because I had these people of faith next to me, it allowed me to take one step forward. It allowed me to do the next right thing. And me and my friend Jen, who had custody of Mariah at the time, we just hammered down and kept bothering Mass DCF and all these things, and, and we didn't stop. At the time, I was pretty defeated. Brian took over, and he got all the paperwork to say that our dog was not dangerous. Side note, Lorelai literally beats him up, and so I'm so thankful that we have that dog because otherwise I'm not, I'm not sure what would happen. Um, I was at work one day still feeling really sad, and we had a new child. I work at a preschool. We had a new child coming into that preschool, and... My boss says, oh, Nicole, I want you to meet this mom. She actually works for the Child Advocates Office of DCYF, and I really think you should talk to her. It wasn't a coincidence to me. I was just like, okay, I'll keep going, God. Fine, okay. And so after that, she told me who to contact, who to go to, who to email, who to get in touch with. My friend, she told my friend what to do, and she did. And so as of October 6th of this year, we finally got our girls. Now, during this whole time, um, I was able to do a Bible study with my friends. I would wake up early. I would have my coffee and do my Bible study. Now, looking back, I'm like, what a luxury. I really wish I could do that. Uh, My life during that time was stressful, but the Bible study and my friends kept me going. It was something that always rooted me back to light in a time of all these other things. Now, I have four kids and my life is super stressful and exhausting. And I, it's not stressful and exhausting the way I thought. I thought it would be emotionally exhausting. The kids would cry. They'd want to go back to, the, to their biological parents. That's not the case. It's exhausting because I have to get four kids out the door, four kids ready for dinner. We, I, we're doing it together, but four kids ready for bed. Um, and it's a different kind of tired And so it's dealing with three very large personalities of children like I'm a referee of the WWF. I can tell you without a doubt that I'm a more patient parent, I'm a more kind person when I am in God's word. I am positive that my kids notice the difference. The only way I do this now is I lock the bathroom door and I sit there on my phone, on the Bible app, or on my Kindle app doing a study. And that's just my real life right now. Do I wish I was sitting back in my chair with my coffee early in the morning? Sure, but these kids wake up all different times. (laughs) And so my real life right now is listening to kids knock on the door while I'm in the bathroom, on my phone, asking for a snack, while I'm just trying to get a verse in, just trying to make it through. And the other time I find to read into my Bible is the way that I like to unplug is to read a book. It's not a Jesus book. It's a nonfiction book. But... Before I can read that book, I tell myself, if you can read this book, you can do your Bible study. You have to do this first before you read your book. Sometimes I don't even want to do that, and that's okay. I I ask God for forgiveness, and we move on. But sometimes, for the most part, I do. And it's what makes me be able to keep being a mom to these four kids, to keep trying, to keep trying to be a wife, a friend, a sister of Christ. It's what keeps me motivated to keep pressing forward 
in this life where sometimes there's a lot of darkness and not a lot of light. And so, yeah, I just want to tell you that sometimes I'm tired and I forget, but I'm always so glad that I did. So, that was great. So, I told myself if I was ever given the privilege to be up at a pulpit that I would be real raw and honest. Um, so I'd like to say, I have not read my Bible for a while. Um, I didn't wake up one day and decide I'm going to stop reading God's word on a consistent basis. Um, it happened slowly, um, over time. Looking back at that period of time, I can clearly see how my life would have been different um, if I was in the Word. There are so many more life-changing testimonies and encounters of grace and faith and so on in that dust collector next to our bed. By dusting that book off and putting it to use, I guarantee your life will change. When I do, my eyes are open, the way I perceive others, the way I handle day-to-day situations, and much more. Now, I said I'd be honest, right? Where am I? I'm pretty sure this thing still has some dust on it. It's right here. I started uh, cleaning it off. Um, But I believe looking down or scolding someone for not reading the Bible is not what Jesus would do. I believe Jesus would want us to stand in the gap and help. I gotta stop looking up. Ways that work for me is having conversations about Scripture. My best friend Ryan uh, and I have recently started talking about passages and sharing thoughts. I know this is what works for me to get back into the Word. I don't know what works for you and maybe you don't either. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. These, these are two lyrics from a song I really like. I don't want to only talk to God when I need a favor or pray when I don't have a prayer. Um, now, I could say make it a New Year's resolution, right? I'm going to read the Bible this year and do that. But we all know New Year's resolutions. At least I do. You get a Planet Fitness membership. Five years later, you only went twice. And, and, you're, and you're still paying for it. Uh, pause for laughter. Oh, we did that. Pause for laughter. Uh, so I'm going to end it with, uh, I want to get back into the intimate relationship that I once had with God. Um, so take the first step with me. Knock the dust off the most life-changing masterpiece you will ever read. Thank you, and have a great new year. Great job. Thank you. Wow. Talk about valleys and mountaintops. Talk about puzzle pieces being moved for who knows how long to make this all come together. Talk about faith when you thought you had no faith. Talk about community, right, friends? I want to just look for a minute and, and just consider what is God's view of our lives here on earth, right? What's God's view of Mariah, of Lorelai, of Brian, of Nikki? 
It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sands. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You know, there's, there's not a day that we wake up that God isn't with us. There's not a day that we live that God's thoughts towards us aren't precious. We think, oh, God, I'm a screw-up. God, I, I failed you here. I did this. No, God loves you, and he's drawing us all to him. And why, why, don't, why don't we get that? I don't understand why we don't get that, but God loves us. His thoughts towards us are precious. God didn't just love Nicole and Brian, he loved Lorelai and Mariah so much that he would bring the two of them together. And it took a lot of puzzle piece. So what is 2024 going to bring? I don't know. I don't know what your 2024, I don't know what my 2024 will bring. But this is what I know. Through the experiences of life, God teaches me, he teaches you, he teaches all of us. Are we willing to learn? Will we be teachable for what, what he's going to say to us? And, and this is what Jesus says about him as our teacher or us learning from him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just stop there for a minute, right? Come to me if you're weary, if you're burdened, and I will give you rest. I mean, we say this, we have this trite saying, Jesus is the answer, but like literally, Jesus is the answer. What, what are you going through? What's wearying you? What's burdening you? He's, he's going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What was Jesus talking about with his yoke and his burden being easy and light versus the other yoke and other burden? This was a time where Jewish law said you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. And you know what? Some of us, we put Jewish law on us today that if I'm not in the Word, I'm not a believer. Well, you know what? It's not an obligation to be in the Word. It's an invitation, right? There's a difference. Jesus is like, no, I'm not putting you under the law, but I'm giving you an invitation like, yoke with me. What, what's the purpose of why they'd yoke two, horse, two oxen together? I'm not a farmer, but I think you know this too, right? One can only carry so much load, but when you put two of them together, you can actually sustain the load, and they can work all day. Now, who would you rather be yoked with, the little scrawny kid or the big, big kid, you know? You get to be yoked with Jesus. Wow, that's like you won the lottery. You get to be yoked with Jesus, and he's saying, my burden is easy, my yoke, or my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Sometimes I don't feel like lo- life is easy. I-, I don't feel like the burdens are light. But you know what? It's at those times when I realize, God, you only created 24 hours in a day. I can't put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five-pound sack. Lord, what is it that I'm doing that you haven't called me to do? Because I, I just got to get more in line with what you have. So the question this morning is, Are we teachable? Are we willing to learn? Because Jesus said, I will teach you. You will learn learn from me. You know, Meg and I have always told our kids as they're looking for a spouse, there's really only two things that we look for, that they love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that they're teachable. 
Because if you love God and you're teachable, you know what? You won't stay the same. You will continue to grow into his image year after year after year. And what a beautiful thing to grow together. But do you love God and are you teachable? So I'd like to say I'm teachable. You'd probably like to say you're teachable. The truth is I have teachable moments, right? And the truth is also that I can be really hard-headed, right? And think, my, I know better and, and my way is right. Just talk to my son David for all the times that we work together and like me and him are going at it because we both think and we think through and I'm trying to convince him why my way is better. and He's trying to convince me why his way is better. Now, the good news is we usually get to a point where we're logical and say, you know what, you got a point. I'm, let's go your way or, or he'll, he'll go my way. But are we teachable? What does it look like to learn from Jesus? So when I consider looking, you know, learning from Jesus, here's one picture that comes to mind. Jesus on the mountainside, right? And I got to sit at his feet and I'm going to learn from Jesus, right? People spend time doing that. I understand that. It wasn't a formal classroom. It was teaching that just took place, you know, along the way. So what does learning from Jesus look like today? This is probably where Nikki would like to be in the morning, you know, with her coffee and her Bible. Like, that would be a great way to learn from Jesus. And that is a great way to learn from Jesus. I recognize that not everyone has kids that are all grown up like I do, right? You know, maybe your day, you don't know when your day begins. I know when my day begins. It's when I set my alarm, right? That's, that's the way it works for me now. This can look like learning from Jesus. Or maybe this looks like learning from Jesus, Right? You probably all have to do dishes every day. Right? This is, there's no better way to pray without ceasing than to pray every time you do dishes because you got to do dishes three times a day or at, least, or at least at one point in the day. What a great way to just put in your, your, your earphones and turn on the Bible app and let it, let it talk to you and just spend some time listening to God's word but making it meaningful. Like your time with God can be any point throughout your day. Now, is it great if you can have focus time? Absolutely, go for that. Does that mean if I can't spend four hours today with God that I'm not going to spend any time? No, you got time. You're washing dishes. Spend time with God while you wash dishes. It all works. It's our faith journey. I like to read the Bible through every year. I think you guys have heard that. And, and previous years, I've gotten feedback. Greg, you're asking me to read the Bible through in a year, and I can't do that. I'm really not asking you to read the Bible through in a year. I'm asking you to just look with different eyes at God's word maybe than you ever had. And there's a new study I'm going to be doing this year. And uh, the study that I'm doing is had prep videos. And as I was watching them this past week, as I was evaluating what's the plan I'm going to do this year, I looked at one of these prep videos. And I just want to take two minutes, listen to this person's experience with God's word. I like to share my experience, but like hear it from another person. It's kind of like when you're the parent and, you know, you've been telling your kids something over and over and over again, and then a friend comes, uh, another person, and they tell your kids the same thing. And it's like, wow, that person's so wise, mom and dad. And you're like, oh, yes, they are. <laughs> they are. Listen to this video for a minute. If you've ever closed your Bible and thought, what did I just read? The Bible recap is for you. And the good news is you're not alone. Lots of people struggle in their relationship with Scripture. Most people who struggle try to stick to the Psalms and Proverbs because at least those make sense to them. Or maybe they flip around in their Bible and try to find something relatable. 
but then they hit something confusing or off-putting and they can't seem to make sense of how it all fits together. Maybe they decide to start a Bible reading plan, usually at the beginning of the year when they're working on New Year's resolutions. They launch out with ambition and zeal on January 1st, but they begin to lose interest in a few weeks and by mid-February, they've fallen off the wagon altogether. This was me too. It was like, okay, I've read through Genesis eight times, but nothing beyond that. Can you relate? Are you on track to being a Genesis scholar right along with me? Or maybe you've never even ventured into the Old Testament at all because you're only comfortable with scripture after Jesus seems to show up on the scene. Maybe you didn't know he's actually throughout the whole Old Testament as well, that it's actually all about him. Some people are so perplexed by scripture that they just leave their Bible on a shelf and use a daily devotional instead. They figure, obviously, I'm not capable of hearing from God firsthand, so I'll just hear from him secondhand. Don't get me wrong, some devotionals are great. I love some of the stuff by Spurgeon and Chambers, but a lot of the things we're consuming today are self-focused or fluffy, bordering on self-help. It's basically Tony Robbins in a prayer shawl. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe you've tried it all, and you wonder if you'll ever love reading the actual Bible, or if you'll always just feel intimidated by it. Are you tired of losing steam after six weeks? Or maybe you've never tried to read through the Bible at all because you aren't quite sure if God is even real or which religion is right if he is real. But at least you're curious and proactive enough to try to take a step toward getting some information. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And I'm glad you're here. You're not alone either. This is a place where you can ask your questions without fear of being shamed. Regardless of where you're coming from, the Bible Recap is here to help. I love honesty. Well, I love honesty. I think she's being honest. I'm a Genesis scholar. I don't know about you, but I've read Genesis a lot of years and not gotten much past it for a lot of years of my life. But today, I'm not asking you for an obligation. I'm asking, I'm giving you an invitation because I think that's what God gives us all. It's an invitation to spend time with him. It's an invitation to be in his word. I know that's going to look differently based on where, what your stage of life is versus someone else's stage of life. But the thing I do know that is this. Reading the Bible has changed my life. And, and I think if you could get into God's word at any level, it would start to change your life too. Because it's not just reading to read. And, and you know what? There's been times when, how many have you been there? You read the whole chapter and you're like, what did I just read? I don't even know what I just read, but I read it. Well, think about this. What did you have for lunch last Tuesday? I have no idea what I had for lunch. Did it nourish me, though? Did it nourish you? Yes, it probably did. So even there's times where we read God's Word, we may not understand it, but I'm looking forward to trying that Bible recap plan. But here's what I do. I try to do Bible reading in community. So for a number of years now, I'll, I'll find other people. Hey, you want to do this plan? Let's do this plan together. And then maybe we text one another. You know, hey, what did you, what did you learn today? What did you see today? Maybe we write it down in some other kind of an app. But like, it's wonderful if, if you're thinking about doing a plan. Maybe it's a, a five-day plan. Maybe it's a read through a book in 30 days. I don't know what it is. But I know that Jesus is our teacher. He wants us to learn. Well, I'm going forward and it's going backwards. There we go. That's what I'm trying to get to. Um, Jesus is our teacher because this is what it says in God's word. Jesus is the word made flesh. 
So as we're reading the Bible, we're not just reading words. We're reading who Jesus is. I love what she said, that Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. It's hard to see him in Leviticus when you're just seeing the laws. But Jesus is throughout the entire Bible. Reading the word is learning from Jesus. I don't care if you read it, if you listen to it, but like reading the word is an essential part of our life as believers. Now, I'll say this. When I miss breakfast, how many of you are breakfast eaters? Yep. How many of you miss breakfast and what are you by the time you get to lunch? You're hungry. What if you miss breakfast and lunch? Anybody ever feel ashamed for eating dinner? Do you ever feel guilty? Oh my gosh, I didn't eat breakfast and lunch, so, so now I'm guilty? No, you're hungry, right? I want to I let you see that this is an invitation to come and to feast, right? It's an invitation to come and be full of something that you can't feed yourself with just mere words. You need the word of God to feed your soul, right? So there, there is no shame. There is no condemnation. I think for some of us, Maybe we've grown up in the church, and, and maybe my words have been misconstrued in, in past years where you thought, if I'm not reading the Bible through, Greg's not going to be happy with me. No, just read the Bible at any level, and I'm going to be thrilled, especially if you do one more step than whatever you did last year, because I always think that God wants us to be moving forward. He never wants us to stand still, right? We see that all throughout life. So what does your journey with God look like? What would you plan on doing a little bit differently maybe this next year? Maybe you've never read God's Word. Consider it, right? I put that little logo, the Holy Bible, because if you go into your Bible app or you go into your your search bar, rather, on on your smartphone, whether it's Android or or Apple, and you just search for Holy Bible, you're going to see a bunch of them, but look for that picture because that picture has a lot of different plans. Just go and explore it. It, it's, really, it's really cool, and it, it's going to be life-changing for you if you would do that. So I want to end with this. God is invested in all of us. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Chris, you can come up. So if you want your faith to grow, read the word of God. That's how it grows. And Paul told this to the church in Philippians. He said, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, we're all a work. Every year, year after year after year, it's all, we're all a work that Jesus is doing. It's his work in us. Right? Part of that work is getting into the word. So I, I encourage you today, would you stand with me as we close? I encourage you, if you've never read the Bible, start reading the Bible. If you've read the Bible before, read a little more. If you've never done it with other people, maybe find someone in your small group, maybe find someone here this morning saying, hey, would you you like to read the Bible together this year? Could Could we text each other or talk maybe once a week? What would it look like? I don't know, but here's one thing I want us all to do corporately. I know that the enemy doesn't come against us unless there's something to, there's some spoil that he can take. So why has it been so hard maybe for you to read the word? I believe it's the enemy coming, knowing that if you get into God's word, you're going to be a dynamo. And he doesn't want to see you be a dynamo for God. So let's ask God for help. Because this is a prayer that I know God will answer. If you say, God, I want to get into your word this year, would you help me? God will help us all. Prayer team, would you come up here as we close in prayer?
I think for some of you, God wants to reveal himself to you. Maybe you've got the, the front door to your heart closed today. God wants you to open it. The prayer team is here. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't even know what I mean by that, come and talk to one of these people. They would love to pray with you today. If you've been here and the enemy's been lying to you about, okay, you start it, you stop it, you're not going to be successful this year getting into God's Word. No, that's a lie. You can be successful getting into God's Word. So let's just call it for what it is. God loves us. He forgives us. He invites us to spend time in his presence. He invites us to learn from him, to be yoked with him. So if you want to ask God for help today with me, would you raise your hands with me as we close in prayer? Father God, we come to you today. Lord, we're asking you for help. God, we're asking you for help this coming year. Lord, we want to learn from you. We want to be yoked with you. God, your word says that your burden is easy. Your yoke is light. Lord, in in a lot of ways, or your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Lord, but in a lot of ways, Father, we may not feel that because we're outside. We're doing it by ourselves. So, Lord, to the extent we've been doing it by ourselves, we ask you to forgive us today. Lord, we want to be yoked with you. We want to learn from you, God. We're serious about learning from you. Make us, help us to be teachable, Lord. Help us to learn from you. Thank you for that invitation, Lord. We, We answer and we say yes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want prayer, please come down and and meet with one of these people here. But if not, God bless you. Have a happy new year and a prosperous one in Jesus. Amen.